Hello, everyone. Today we are talking about whether AI will ruin artists. But first, if your studio habits need a kick in the butt, ArtProf has everything you need, tutorials, critiques, and professional development. So, Clara, there's been a lot of buzz about these new AI art programs recently. Can you tell us about it? Yes, we are going to start out by talking about the AI piece that won a competition, which was in Colorado. And this artwork was made by Jason Allen. It's an AI generated work. It took first place in the digital category at the Colorado State Fair. And AI art has been around, but I think it was that specific event that set off a lot of people. Tell us in the chat, are you mad <laughs> that this artist won at the competition? Or are you thinking, yeah, that's cool, no problem. Because, oh my gosh, Lauren, people had such apocalyptic responses to this. And I don't know why we have to think about every new tool as being this hyperbole moment. Why do you think there's such a strong reaction to this? It looks as if it is it's something recognizable as a as an art piece that we would see an artist do. It feels as if it was created by a human. And that can be scary to some people because for our whole the whole time we've existed, artists have this kind of unique place as as makers that that make the artworks. Even with photography, which was also a big people went ballistic over that. We've kind of settled on this idea that a camera is still operated by a human. So I think that this feels threatening to a lot of people because there is less human in it, or it's perceived that there's less human in it. The thing is, Lauren, I really don't like this piece. <laughs> I think it's really mushy and the circle in the middle looks really awkward and I wish it would just either be a circle or be something else. I feel like the ornamentation that's around the circle is really muddled and not very well defined. So I know some people are very angry because when you win an award at a competition that is for a lot of people validation that, oh yes, we are saying this piece is very good, but I, I'm just not that impressed with the piece itself, AI or not. Well, okay, Clara, first of all, this was not some big national art competition. I'm pretty sure this was yes. a state fair in Colorado, yes. which is, so we don't know the full gamut of the artworks that were there. Personally, I really like this piece. I think that there is such beautiful and dramatic light. It reminds me of some of the scenes in Dune that have that sublime aspect to it where things feel very vast and big. And I also like how the stuff in the back is receding and has this lack of specificity while the people in the front are more highly detailed and their poses are really highlighted. So I actually think this does really conform well to uh, aesthetics that we're used to in terms of atmospheric perspective and clarity and contrast and stuff like that. As usual, we don't agree on anything. <laughs> but tell us in the chat if you like 
Jason Allen's piece, or if you don't, not thinking about it as an AI piece, but just as an image, what is your opinion on it? And we have some comments here. Crispy says, because of all the hours of work it took to create that AI and systems to make it work, I feel like it's deserved. I'm not jealous or upset. Well, that also brings this idea of people thinking, oh, well, you're getting to the finish line because you're cheating. There's an article that talks about you're basically getting in a car and driving the marathon instead of running it like everybody else. But the thing is, Laura, nobody cares how long your art takes. Yeah, this, I was telling Clara beforehand, brings up a really interesting point about art and labor and how labor is valued in the art world. I personally think it's not valued at all, or in a sense that it doesn't matter how long you took to create the piece, like the labor involved, your hundreds of hours, nobody really cares about that. They more care about the finished product, unless it is an endurance piece where it is about uh, the process of making it rather than the final product. So I think that people really get caught up in this, this idea that it might take less time, but that's not, that's not how the art world works, unfortunately. Well, we have some comments here about the look of a lot of the AI pieces. For example, Ginger says to me, a lot of AI stuff looks a little stiff. And we also have a comment here from Sentient who says, reminds me of something out of a video game. And we also have Helen who says there are a bunch of uncanny elements in the piece, which would be fine if they enhance the story. I don't really understand the story here though. That was my take too, Lauren, is that a lot of the AI stuff I've seen, there's definitely a very limited look. Mm -hmm. A lot of it looks like, sci-fi video game digital media i haven't really seen anything that looks like it fits in say the fine art painting world as much what do you do you see that too or is it just me <laughs> yeah there's definitely a look to it which is fine it can have its look but it has a kind of sterility to it that can be off-putting there is less of a a hand in it, I guess, you know, the hand where we, we romanticize these kinds of brush strokes and things like that. You don't really get that in AI, but it is a style among styles that exists. Lisa saying AI will ruin expectations regarding turnaround time. Can't you make all the requested changes in seconds, says the client. I don't think clients think that way. <laughs> I also think <laughs> That if you're working for, say, an art director at a publication, they're not going to say, Lauren, get me the changes in 10 minutes. That's outrageous. You wouldn't ask anybody in any job for something in 10 minutes unless you're an EMT in an emergency situation. Well, if you are talking to people that are not just at a publication where they work with artists on the regular. You're talking about someone who's writing a book and a children's book and wants illustrations or your next door neighbor or local business who wants you to design something. You go on that site, my client from hell, and you see things all the time about these people having misunderstandings 
wanting to see changes in minutes, thinking that's the way artists work when any artist will tell you that does not happen. So I can see this misunderstanding being exacerbated because of AI for sure. Ginger's asking if there's a certain look, do you think it will get old quick? I think it depends on how artists push AI because I played with the AI and you're going to see <laughs> some results later on. I can tell you it got old for me really quick and oh. I did not have a lot of patience for it. What about you, Lauren? That's because you weren't being imaginative enough. <laughs> Fine. It's all my fault, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, AI is only as good as the person using the program. Ouch! <laughs> Burn! No, I think that, again, it's a style among styles. There are plenty of styles in painting that you see over and over and over again that get yeah, it'll get old after a time and then it'll reemerge as being something new and cool, just like fashion, just how like the 2000s are back in right now and it's 2022. Well, this is the AI site that Lauren and I played with. And it's funny, my husband and younger kid discovered it way, way back when it came out and they were playing with it a lot for about two days. Actually, this is the best one. Andy Goldsworthy, Darth Vader. I kind of love this. But they were making all kinds of pieces and sending it. And, and then after three days, they were done. Why do you think that's... I mean, yeah, they're not contracted artists. My 13-year-old's not doing that. But Lauren, are they just like me? I don't know. <laughs> well, first of all, I think the Dolly Mini that we're using is not the most... Uh, how would I put it, developed of the different AI art tools that are out there. So it's, it's, it's not super well defining anything here. I think that these platypuses I made are kind of cute. But yeah, there gets to be a point where if you're not invested in really controlling it to get a certain look, you're like, yeah, it kind of just makes weird uncanny valley stuff. Okay, I'm done. I'm sorry, I don't know how to pronounce your name. Iswarya says, I took a job for a company. They're suggesting me to use AI art platforms to create designs for less labor costs and time. It's intimidating that I have to compete in this world with a computer. Well, see, that is going to happen. You're always going to have rotten clients that have ridiculous expectations. But that's where I think it's up to us as artists to put our foot down and to say, just because I'm using AI, that doesn't cut back on labor. I mean, that's like me saying to you, Lauren, oh, you're doing an acrylic painting. That takes less time than me making a monotype. So therefore, I, I can do it for less. That's not true. In the end, it's an image. It, yeah. it doesn't matter if it's printmaking or painting or AI. Yeah, it, it really, yeah, the medium is less to do... the. The medium is almost irrelevant here. It's more how humans are reacting to it and how they uh, choose to take advantage or not take advantage of it. Melissa is asking, how much work is it to create a piece using AI? Well, here's the thing. I mean, sure, you can generate images. You just type in a couple of words. But if we go back and we look at Jason Allen, the person who won the competition, 
you can see from looking at what he posted in Discord, I created hundreds of images after many weeks of fine tuning, curating my pieces. I chose my top 10, printing them on canvas. Every artist has a different workflow, obviously. But I think if you're an artist who cares about the quality and you don't want to just spit out whatever, it does take time to sift through those pictures. I mean, it reminds me of my process as a photographer. If I want a picture of a duck, I take 40 and maybe I'll get two that look good if I'm lucky. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, there's there there's going to be a craft, a craftsmanship that arises with AI as a tool, just like any other tool. Well, we also have a comment here regarding photography. Karen says, when photography was invented, part of it found a place in the art world, so will AI. Some better than others, there will always be a place for traditional art. Well, Lauren, do you believe that artists will lose jobs and that their industry will collapse because of AI? I think that there is a valid concern, particularly for illustrators, in that some of the things that we were just talking about with clients saying, hey, misunderstanding the amount of time it takes or trying to use AI as a way to replace illustrators. I think that that's a concern. I think for other art, I mean, the art world is very, very huge. For other artists and other mediums, this is not so much an issue. Painting has been dead and killed and revived five million times. It's the eternal phoenix. So I feel very, when artists get upset about art dying I am very skeptical of that, uh, but I think that there, there are some places where there is some competition, probably. A. Simeon says AI isn't photography and substantially more sophisticated. If creativity is generating combinations of disparate elements, then AI is significantly more creative than 99% of artists. I disagree. I don't think you can argue that a certain art genre or field is more sophisticated than another. I think photography versus painting, apples and oranges. Yeah. You can't say, oh, painters are less creative because they don't have to curate through thousands of images. Yeah, but they have to deal with their freaking palette knives and color mixing. I mean, every single genre has demands and challenges of every single artist. And this idea of AI being more creative because it hits more combinations I don't know that that's what makes something creative necessarily, just because you've run through all the options. Well, what I really love about AI or what I connect with, with AI or AI art, I guess, is that it really makes apparent actually a, a traditional artist's process in making a work because when an uh, artist is making a drawing, they're not making it from scratch. They are also pulling from many disparate elements and languages, visual languages that they've learned throughout their life. They're pulling on a life experience and a life understanding of language. And AI really mirrors that in the sense that it's pulling from cultures, pulling from images that exist, that it's seen, and trying to create something out of that. So there is a, a, a process going on here that I think is 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 comparable which is is humanizing actually i think 
Well, Roussel says AI isn't comparable to photography because photos still need creative decisions, color, composition, etc. while AI makes those decisions for you. The thing about photography is I've heard that argument from people, oh, photography is so easy, you just click a button. Uh-uh. <laughs> Being a good photographer is so hard. I don't think I'm a great photographer by any means. I just do the bare minimum and even that. It's a crazy amount of work and editing and shooting and lighting. There's a billion things you need to know about. Jay says, I feel like AI art makes a lot of decisions for you. Creating an art piece includes maybe composition and brushstrokes that's taken into account when analyzing a piece, AI feels meaningless. Well, here's the thing, Lord. I just don't think it has to be hyperbole so much. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, there was a really interesting thing that I'm looking at in class right now where we're talking about how research isn't necessarily made easier because Google exists. I mean, you don't have to go for a, go to a library anymore, but in order to do really adequate research, you have to know the tool, you have to know the correct keywords to search for. And if you don't know anything about a subject or you are learning about something for the first time, it can be really, really difficult to actually get into the nuts and bolts of that subject because you don't have the keywords to express what it is you are interested in and looking for. So for instance, if you look up uh, like black women artists on on uh, Google, you're always getting uh, Kara Walker and <laughs> Micheline Thomas, and you're not actually getting what's going on right now. So I think AI has a similar issue where you really have to learn how to refine and understand the language. It's a skill to be able to get the results you want. When I was using the AI generator, I was not getting <laughs> the results that I wanted. And really for me to do that, I think I would have had to spend a really, really long time. So for example, this is a drawing that I did way back in 2012. And in 2020, I actually went back to them and I was looking at these veiled head sculptures and I was imposing the veiled heads onto the portrait by scraping away with it at a knife. And so this is the final piece. And I typed in <laughs> what I thought would be a description <laughs> of those drawings, emotional screaming, angry face, black and white, translucent veil over face. And let's just say I was an artist and wanted to make those images, but I was, oh, I, I don't want to spend all the hours it takes to make that drawing. I'm just going to put it into the AI. <laughs> I would look at this is not even close. Lauren, what would I have to do to get even close ballpark to what I wanted? I think you'd have to include, oh man, I don't even know because I had the same issues. I tried to look up some stuff and I was getting really frustrated. The best I found was my muscle cat. That was my favorite. That, that was like how I was imagining. But with yours, I would put in uh, expressionistic charcoal texture, uh, I don't know, uh, anguish. <laughs> I don't know, guys. Can you help us think up some keywords here that would make this uh, appear more like Clara's drawings? Well, you know what bothers me about this set is that I actually have a lot of portraits 
that are very dramatic and expressive, but don't have a screaming mouth that's wide open because that's the stereotype. If you're angry, you're going to scream and make your mouth really big. And that's well, what every image is. Angry face with pursed lips. You, you gotta, you gotta specify that. <laughs> or you'll just get angry screaming face. <laughs> well, and then the other thing I thought, because actually I'm going to be trying to get some more reference images. I'm planning on taking some reference photos, but I have been looking online at different sculptors from the Renaissance trying to see how that works. And I thought, okay, well, what if I wanted more of those that don't actually exist in art history? Let's do marble sculpture of a face with a veil on it. Like not even close. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these look pretty funny. I Yeah, I think what I was saying is I could actually see this being a really good tool for when you are in your first stages, your thumbnail stages of making an artwork and you know you want to include a few things, but you are not quite sure about composition or how to incorporate all these elements, I could definitely see, in fact, might try it myself for my own paintings, searching a few things together just to see what the AI spits out because it can come up with some very uh, imaginative ways of doing things that I would not necessarily be my first uh thought well we've had a bunch of people in our discord tell us that they've enjoyed the ai art just for brainstorming and exploring different types of compositions and that never occurred to me because the way we've been reading about it in the press is to make a finished artwork but if you want to try exploring all different types of compositions or hey what happens if i combine this i think that would be extremely helpful as an artist. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> I think it, it, um, I can see it being integrated in say, I already see this actually, my, my next door neighbor in my painting studio at Hunter uses a lot of both AI and he's made his own drawing machine that draws his artworks basically and it's it takes so much time it's such a crazy process he's he's like a inventor like a, a robot person uh but it, it 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 is beautiful how it gets uh how it's it's weaved in to the whole process of being an artist being a multimedia artist working in traditional art and also working in uh the digital sphere Sentient Charcoal says, but for others, AI tools might be what makes their brain light up and feel alive. That's the thing, is that this process of writing in the words, changing them, tweaking them to get what I want, going through all the images and picking, that's not my cup of tea. I don't really like working that way, but I know some people would love working that way. So it's just another option in my mind. Yeah, I think if it, if it brings more people into the art world, into the art world as a whole, through all of its different uh, fields and mediums, I think that's ultimately a good thing. It makes art more accessible to a new group of people. Christelle says, I love to use the AI art as an example of what I see in my mind and form it to the way I want it to be, kind of like a collage piece. Yeah, Christelle, maybe it's a really good fit for the way that you think through things. And so I think it's just, we can't make value judgments 
on what way of working is more deserving of our attention. And I just really don't think there's any form of art that is cheating except plagiarism. I think everything else is people making things and we have tons of streams about copyright and people having concerns. Obviously it's not that straightforward, but I feel like this is another tool. It's like, oh, we have another computer here. It does these right. things. And if you want to use it, fine. I've got a question on that, Clara, because I think let's come up to a fair number of times is because the AI programs scrape a bunch of images that are available on the internet, is that plagiarism in any way because it's using existing images to create these uh, examples that it makes. You're asking me if I think it's cheating? If you think it's plagiarism. No, because plagiarism is if I take your painting and I say, I made this, that's plagiarism. Mm -hmm. Okay. But there are many forms of it and we probably need three more streams <laughs> to talk about this, <laughs> but artists have been sourcing from each other for years and years and years and not just in art in music i mean isn't the new beyonce album all these references to all of these artists so i i just don't think that because ai sources from all these different things that all of a sudden you're plagiarizing people uh off topic i would love us to do a stream on beyonce's new <laughs> album please i've had so many conversations about it i'm obsessed yeah. <laughs> well, we have some comments here. Moses says, I think all press over AI images has been sensationalized as anything in the press. That's the thing. Is there only going to show the most toxic <laughs> reactions that people have to the AI? And I know some people who are like, oh, whatever, big deal. <laughs> Which is sort of my attitude. I don't know. I feel sort of guilty saying that. But I, I just am like, great, fine. But we also have to bring it up, too, because it did cause a lot of, we noticed in our own community on the Discord that this was being brought up quite a bit. So it is important to a lot of people, and we want to be able to discuss it. Well, A. Simeon brings up, the art directors want to save cost. If it's good enough, then it's fine. Artists do face an existential crisis. AI will only get better. Well, editorial illustration, I know that's one that people have been extra concerned about. And so we do have an example here. This is Kadir Nelson. He is oh, one of my favorite illustrators working today. And he recently did this George Floyd cover about the Black Lives Matter movement for the New Yorker. And I, I really think this is one of the best New Yorker covers I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. And can you imagine if we type in editorial illustration, George Floyd, Black Lives Matter, we get this? I, I mean, maybe, Lauren, you like this better, but to me, Oof. it doesn't even remotely compare. And if you're an art director at the New Yorker, do you really think you're going to say, oh, I want to save money. I'll, I'll just type this in and we'll just slap that on the cover. <laughs> I mean, this is also a thing that I've read a lot about with the AI stuff, too, is because it's sourcing from majority, the majority of images just on the Internet that are visible on the Internet. Oftentimes the AI program is not it has an implicit bias to it as a lot of uh computer programs do that uh, needs to be 
overridden by a human a human element. I mean, humans have biases too, but really I would say that the best combination is when you have both uh, AI and human working together. There's no total replacement by AI because it does not have that, uh, I don't know what you call it, Im implicit sense of of how we speak about things in the world or how we represent things in the world or people in the world. I should say people because this is a people and people matter. The other thing, Lauren, is stock photography. There is tons of free stock photography all over the place. And if I'm an art director and I'm like, oh, I don't wanna bother, I'll just look that up and slap it on. But the thing is the major publications that care about illustration and work that really is well done, they're not gonna say, oh, the AI will be so much faster, I'll do that. They probably will say, oh, I'll hire an illustrator, however they get to the image, whatever. I, I don't think the art director cares if it's AI or hand painted, because unless it's plagiarized, it's fine. And they have the right to reject the work that gets made. I wish that we had a larger idea of how, I'm gonna say these, these editorial boards operate, because when you and I talk about it, we're often talking about a specific world, you know, a lot of our uh, colleagues or friends are say, yeah, making <laughs> illustrations for the New Yorker, but obviously that's not the only, uh, the only, only a very, very, very small subject, sub, subsection of all illustrators in the world are, are working for the New Yorker. So I, I would love to, to get a wider poll from people as to whether they've experienced that, that kind of, uh, that that switch or maybe the thoughts of using AI at, at their jobs or talking with art directors about this kind of thing. HT Pokepack says, can you sell the AI art you make from an AI generator? I don't see why not. I mean, basically an image you make, you can sell it. I mean, people are arguing about how, oh, the AI is so fast, you save on labor costs, but Lauren, how many artists have we seen that just throw paint on a canvas? And I mean, that is less time than making some of the AI pieces. So yeah. why not? Yeah, that's that's so true. We, we were talking earlier, too, about how I'd spent so much time working on this one large piece. And my tutorial professor was like, yeah, not too into this. And my... Uh, the gallerist that I've been speaking with is like, eh, not too into this. But meanwhile, this little painting sitting in the corner that took me a day, both are like, yeah, that's the one. So. <laughs> <laughs> Melissa says there's always going to be purists. There will always be those trying to save a buck. For the most part, the viewer will determine what they like mm -hmm. and prefer. Mm -hmm. I think the publications that will do what people are fearing, which is, oh, I don't need to hire an illustrator. I'll make an AI piece. Those are the people that are running publications that are so small that they have no budget to hire people to begin with. And so the artists that they're paying is, number one, either not going to make very much because the publication is low budget or they're just not even going to hire anybody. I, I I feel like at the higher tiers, like people who really are trying to be professional illustrators, 
those are the people they're going to be working for places like time magazine and the washington post like the washington post is not going to skimp on something like that again i think that there are going to be more professional illustrators that are really really deserving of jobs and there are jobs at the washington post but i do think that there's a larger uh, discussion here maybe related to how we're going to have self-driving trucks and this is going to replace truck drivers or uh, what's what are some of the other things? I guess th there's just an anxiety over the replacement of jobs and change in general. And yes, there will be change and yes, certain jobs will become defunct. And that's always hard to empathize with someone when they are directly facing that versus... Uh, you know, talking about as a whole. Nancy says, in my humble opinion, I prefer dealing with people. I am tired of AI generated web content, tired of help bots, tired of algorithms, flagging content with no appeal to human being. I prefer people artists. Well, there's always a backlash to all that technology. As much as we have all this technology, which in my head is like a freaking miracle. I mean, I grew up with rotary phones. It also does make you crave for a more simple time. Maybe I'm just an old fart, but I miss writing letters. Writing letters is extremely inefficient and it's very slow, but it really was a different form of communication because you knew the letter was not gonna get to that person immediately. And so mm -hmm. you write about different things. And so I just think that there's a back and forth with a lot of these technological developments. Yeah, I, I agree. And to the person who said earlier in the chat, I don't know where the comment is, we should be comparing with 10 to 15 or 10 to 20 years from now. I think that's absolutely, yeah, something to consider. AI will get better and these things will get better, but it's also not accounting for how the rest of society will change and the other issues there, like the other issues we will be facing at that point in time. Crispy says the art world is huge, ever growing and fluid. AI, is it going to kill anything? It's just a new form of expression. Well, Lauren, I suspect as it becomes more prominent, probably there will be AI categories at a mm -hmm. competition. Do you see that happening? Yeah, I think I think that could definitely exist. I again <laughs> It's hard for me to extrapolate, especially because I'm not in the digital, <laughs> the digital sphere. But I think that that could absolutely happen in the same way now that now we even have a digital category to begin with. I mean, remember when digital art came out? I feel like it had a similar upheaval. And I know Jordan has had people say to him, oh, you work digitally? That's no work. And yeah. we know that digital art is not no work. It's a crazy yeah. amount of work. So I just think that once it's more established within the art world, like where does it belong? Is it category? Do you lump it with digital? Whatever people come up with. I just think it's like the NFT thing where it's just such a mess right now. Like people don't really know what to expect. And that's what's stressful. The NFT thing has been so fun to watch <laughs> as someone who doesn't like NFTs because it started as this big thing for for everybody's like, oh, this is really going to help artists make money off of their work and not going to be a big corporate capitalist thing. And it got eaten up by the capitalist thing. Thank you so much to RB Dick for the super sticker. 
keep those super stickers coming. They add up over time. And I can tell you, if we get $30, that matters to us. Okay. We are not Airbnb. Small amounts of money are important to art prof staying free and accessible to everybody. So please consider a contribution. And Marielle says, the thing that makes me hesitant about AI-generated illustrations, even for using them as a base, is that it may kind of standardize the art process and the beauty standards for art. That is something to consider for sure. I mean, how we were talking about beforehand about the kinds of implicit biases that happen with AI because they take from the majority of images out there. So... I would say that it's it's not even, <laughs> these things already exist. There's already uh, standardized forms of beauty, which are generally, I mean, they're white Eurocentric forms of beauty. So we are already fighting these things right now. They exist right now. Well, the algorithms have exasperated that. If you go on Pinterest, you don't usually see older people on Pinterest. And if you do see them, they're caked up in makeup. And so I think all of these beauty standards that are problematic, they're already here, whether we have AI or not. I will say, Lauren, I love these three. <laughs> these three are brilliant. And actually, I, I think they are expressive to the experience you describe. <laughs> Yeah, these were my favorite ones, I think, that I, I made. I, I made. I fed into the, the, the Dolly system, and they are pretty accurate to how I feel in my studio late night as an artist, so this got closest to, to what I was looking for, and I felt very proud of myself. Elena says, I feel like the elements of the painterly feel, the trace of the hand on a painting can't be replaced with AI. They can live in the same universe. Apples and oranges. I mean, I know some people who really don't like digital art and will just totally write it off as a category, which I don't think is a great idea. But I also know people who will just say, oh, that's the only art I like. And if people want to be that closed-minded, that's up to them. I just think that the universe is bigger and we can't make judgments about pieces just because they are in a digital category. Even though you don't like digital, well, you don't like the AI art, Clara. <laughs> I don't like any of it. It looks so, it, it's like, you know, the first new Star Wars movie, Phantom Menace, like everything looks so shiny and fake and it, I, I need grunge. I need like Lord of the Rings, dirt and Aragorn's, Aragorn's <laughs> hair grunge. Like to me, it's not fun unless there's dirt involved. <laughs> All right, everybody, today we have an art prof share. Art prof share is when one of you creates work in reaction to our content. And today we are looking at work by Hugo C., who did our anatomy track. Our tracks are a sequence of video lessons and prompts that you can follow at your own pace that build upon each other to create your set of skills. So you can see what Hugo says in the statement. I realized I was extremely skilled in crustacean anatomy. My skills in humans were extremely rusty and my frustration insecurity as an artist skyrocketed. During this track gave me a deeper appreciation for the human body. There's so many forms. They all seemed extremely confusing, like a massive jigsaw puzzle. 
Surprisingly, I now really enjoy drawing hands and feet, but make no mistake, I still love to draw my whales and dolphins. <laughs> well, good for you, Hugo, for stepping outside of your comfort zone. And Lauren, the anatomy track and all of our tracks, it's a ton of work. It's so much work. That was a thing I exclaimed beforehand. I said, wow, look at how much work Hugo has done into making this, bringing this to the art prop share. There are so many pages here. And these drawings take time. I mean, every individual one might not take a lot of time. But as someone who has also done 100 hands and feet kind of thing, man, it's, that is dedication. It is rigor. It's a lot of work. I'm very proud of you for doing all of this and improving, really dedicating yourself to improving the way that you draw figures. And I'm noticing, Lauren, as I flip through the slides, how much more dynamic mm -hmm. the drawings are becoming. The first ones that we saw, they certainly captured the figure, but oh my gosh, the musculature Mm -hmm. and the volume of the form like look at the one on the right yeah I that one has serious right. anatomical structure oh, but it so also great. has the mass it, i mean hugo you did such a great job really pushing yourself yeah. because I'll the thing about the tracks is that they are self-directed you don't have somebody breathing down your neck to make you do it yeah i i also want to point out here too as the as the figures get further and further along here, the butts get better. There's some great butts here. <laughs> you need butts. They're important butts. in the anatomy. <laughs> Amanda, thank you so much for the super chat, who says, as long as I don't have to see that cute thing again, I know I'm going to have nightmares. More <laughs> They're traumatic the way you made that image. <laughs> Thanks, Amanda. We do have many free tracks and you can do these all at your own pace. And we also have student galleries on our website where you can see work that people have made from our free tracks and also our premium tracks. This Google slideshow is available. The link is in the YouTube video description below. We also have a page on artprof.org where you can access all of our slideshows. Please join Lauren and I. We will be in the ArtProf Discord in the post live streams channel. You can chat with us by typing lots of comments. And there's so much to talk about here. So I think we're going to continue that conversation. And thank you, Silas, for your super chat. Thank you. We so much appreciate your support. There are many ways you can support ArtProf. You can make a one-time donation on PayPal. You can buy original artwork on our Etsy shop. You can purchase an artist call. This is an opportunity to get more customized advice to your specific situation. And this is brand new. We have artist doc editing services, especially people if you're applying for a BFA, for an MFA, you're going to need help with that personal essay. A lot of people need help with their resumes. And so this is a service that we are now offering. If you need to write an artist statement, a grant proposal, residency project, this is really helpful. A lot of artists are not born writers. <laughs> We're artists yeah. after all. And so this is a service that we are now providing. Thank you so much to our top Patreon supporters. Your budget, our budget that has the top Patreon supporters funding, most of it is from here most of it. And so keep in mind how important your contribution is. And I'm so happy we went up. Yay! Yay! <laughs> we went up $27. Yay! 
still not at the goal. Thank you, guys. And I'm still sad, Lauren, that we still have not gotten back to 4K. We were at 4K awesome. for like high point. a month. We'll do it $27 at a time. You guys are great. Yeah. Thank you. Arc Prof as a podcast is available on Spotify and also on iTunes and subscribe to our channel for more art tutorials, critiques, and business tips. Everybody, thank you so much for watching. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.